my my biggest struggle was that with um just wanting to maintain this image of being very put together um and covid really did wreck that now Welcome to From Sundays to Mondays, a podcast by Grace Baptist Church Young Adults Ministry, where we talk about living our faith from Sunday worship to the Monday grind. Before we get started, it's important for us to recognize very openly that we're all sinners, desperately in need of God's grace and salvation. We wrestle with our sin, and the goal of this podcast is to have an open conversation about what it looks like to repent, to turn away from our sin and turn to God in our everyday lives. Our desire is to encourage fellow brothers and sisters to walk faithfully as Christians. To start us off, I am Ern, I'm a young adult ministry leader, and today I have with me two guests, Nehemiah, our elder from the young adults ministry here at Grace Baptist Church, and David, a uni-going young adult. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) The season of COVID and self-quarantine is abnormal to most of us, especially since, you know, we have a very active ministry and very active social lives. So that means the feeling of loneliness has unfortunately become a very familiar reality for all of us. To start us off, maybe can you just tell us a bit about yourselves and what you do? Hi, uh, Niki here. What am I doing now? Right, so uh, I run a small cafe um, full-time. I've been doing that for... Just over three years now. Um, I am also married to Ern, who is our host. So this is very fun for me, as you can tell. Um, what else do I do? I, I'm, I'm the elder in charge of the Young Adults Ministry in GBC. And thankfully, um, God has given us a lot of growth over the last couple of years. Um, and that's something that we're just very, very thankful for. I am David Woon. Um, I just started uni. And uh, since it's overseas, I'm actually doing like an online semester. And uh, uh, since it runs on a different time zone, my, my university starts from like 5 p.m. And then ends around like 9. So you can imagine how my sleep cycle has been affected by it. So I'm in this period of adjusting. I'm also part of like a YA small group. And that's been great. Uh, we, we do like regular meetups and with the Instagram page as well. Thanks, David. Thanks, Nihi. So, David, you mentioned that you're in uni, and um, that's quite a unique experience also to be in uni at this time when there's a pandemic. Um, how has that specifically been affected by the pandemic, and, and what has your general experience been so far? Right. So, um, with universities like shifting to online courses, we, we, we can't have like meetups where we like you have those yeah. traditional orientations so yeah. everything's over zoom and i guess uh that that takes a lot of personal touch in in like face-to-face value conversations yeah. Yeah. so i guess is is i'm still adjusting to it and yeah yeah I think and i guess it's... zoom fatigue is is real yes yes Wait, especially shop, are you on zoom like all day like from five to Nine. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so everything's yeah online and yeah. So how how many percent of a week do you think you spend on the computer in front of Zoom? Okay, so I think at least two to three hours a day. 
uh, yeah, so that's quite a yeah, sizable quite, amount. Yeah, sizable amount. Yeah. yeah and so. then this is on top of like meeting a small group on Zoom. This uh, is on top of uh, <laughs> yes. service on Zoom. Yes. Yeah. It's on top uh, of equip on Zoom. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Or not okay. so good. So, so David's experience has been very Zoom heavy. What about you, Nihi? Since you're in the F&B industry, how does that been affected by the pandemic? Uh, it has been a very interesting time to be alive, honestly. I think you, you wouldn't need me to kind of go into the details of, of how badly this specific industry has been affected. But effectively, everything has changed from, from the start of the year to now. Um, life in February I, it is just a distant memory at this point. Um, so over the last four months, we've had to close two of our shops that we opened. And those had legal implications, those had um, monetary implications that we're still, uh, we're still working through right now. At the same time, thankfully, you know, we've been able to, to pivot a bit to doing home deliveries. And that has sustained the business, which is very thankful and humbled for, uh, by that. But because of that, uh, you know, that's also taken up a lot of time for me. Um, it's a lot more hands-on in the last two, three months. I think my commitment to, to this went from maybe like 20% of the week to 80% of the week, which means just long hours, a lot of time on my feet, a lot of time out of the house, away from my wife, uh, away from my parents. Um, yeah, but, but it's, been, it's been interesting. It's been good. I, I can't complain because at the end of it, you know, the fact that we're still operating, I think that's more than I can ask for. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, for you... You, you mentioned being out and about, being, you know, commitment going up to 80%. Then is, is loneliness still something that, you know, pops up in, in your experiences, in your daily life, especially mm. since today's episode is about loneliness in a time of COVID? I think it's, it's something different. So, so where I think a lot of, of us and our peers and our friends we probably recognize that loneliness aspect of, of COVID as, you know, just isolation, right? We, we don't get to see our friends. We don't get to see people that we love. Um, mine actually has been quite the opposite. So I've been able to see a lot more people because I'm, I, I used to be the one doing all the deliveries, right? So I, I'd have so much FaceTime with um, uh, old regulars. I'd have so much, so much FaceTime with, um, with uh, my staff. Um, so, so if anything, I feel like I've had more interactions during COVID, uh, which I don't know if that's safe to say, but um, it's, it's okay. I, I'm, I think I'm COVID-free. I hope, I pray. Uh, but, but I think loneliness in that aspect looks a bit different for me because um, it's not so much about physical and uh, physical isolation as much as it is maybe just more mentally, uh, more emotionally isolated where... You know, the, the stress and the burden of, of keeping the business going, keeping the lights on. Yeah. Um, I feel very much the weight of that on my own shoulders. Yeah. Even though I'm running this with my brother, who's, who's perfectly capable of that, of, of sharing that burden. Yeah. Even though we have a really good team, um, I still feel that, that responsibly very heavy on my own shoulders. And, and I feel like, you know, in that sense, it has been quite a lonely time. You know, there, there have been nights where I've woken up just panicky and, and sweating. And, yeah, and, can attest to that. <laughs> and, and I think, if anything, this period has shown me that, you know, anxiety, anxiety was never something that I, I struggle with, I think. Um, but, but until, um, I guess, this period of very intense... Um, 
uh, work and, and just being very tired and just not knowing what to expect the next day. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that mental isolation is, is very real. It's very, um, it's something that's new for me. Yeah. Okay, thanks for, thanks for sharing some of the struggles that um, I think this period has confronted you with. Um, David, do you, do you have anything to add in that respect? Yeah, I have a very different experience from Nihi because um, for me, I, I'm an introvert and I, I feel that I, I rely on these like regular meetups to interact with people. So uh, when this pandemic happened and suddenly like church and all those social outings were, were kind of stopped mm-hmm. uh, for, for one point in time especially during the circuit breaker I actually became like a like a social hermit I, I kind of kept to myself mm-hmm. yeah and you enjoyed that that time away yeah it was enjoyable for a while <laughs> then after yeah, a while I feel like you get sick of it yeah 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 exactly yeah. Then, then you start to question oh what am I doing uh, at, at home? Like <laughs> yeah. you, you start to you you start to feel that deep sense of longing for, uh, meaningful social connection. Yeah. And uh, and that's where you really appreciate you know how you can like really appreciate like dining experience. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah, it's okay. And, and I guess also yeah. for us the routine of Sunday Sunday services, post Sunday service, hanging out at the fellowship hall yeah. and getting to see everybody we want to see and like jumping from group to group mm-hmm. and suddenly having that kind of routines taken yeah. away. Yeah, and so it was a big change for me. Yeah. I, I mean, in the long term. And uh, that is, has been something that I've been struggling with, but I think dealing with better uh, as the, the restrictions are easing now. And, yeah. uh, I, I think reaching out to more friends and uh, getting in touch with my young adults, more group, I think that... that that process of like regularly meeting up, even if it's on Zoom or like half Zoom, like how in Sorry, like at what, home. What is half Zoom? Okay, so <laughs> please, please explain this when to when me. not everybody can uh come together at once. We we meet at someone's house and uh the the rest of us meet on Zoom. Oh, like, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, got, yeah. It, got it, got it, got it. So yes. like you yeah. do a partial. Yes. Partial, okay. partial. <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs> Understand. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that has helped me to to connect with more people and help myself as well like uh yeah but do, do you think it's been harder for you as an introvert uh well like, i've talked to other introverts as well and yeah. many of them are actually very happy to be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be at home and just chilling no need to talk to anybody but like what you said um after a while you can get kind of uh lonely by yourself and yeah. i mean as humans we, we 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 just have this sense of like uh, uh, wanting to, to to go out and uh, socialize and I think that's uh, what makes us human as well yeah I agree mm. I think for somebody who is extremely extroverted I think I struggled a lot when circuit breaker was first imposed and I remember and I wasn't going to work at that time because we had some time off we could stay at home and we were supposed to be learning taking courses online. <laughs> but of course, self-directed learning is, is, is quite... I'm quite ill-disciplined at that. And I think I struggle a lot with just not having physical interaction with, with people, which I think I thrived on. Um, and then something strange happened, which was I, I just got used to... Mm. I got used to staying at home by myself. I got used to not physically meeting with people. Um, 
And then when I had to transit back 100% to being in the office, that was strange also because I think I got used to being at home and I started enjoying it. And then it was whiplash back into reality. Mm. And I think, but, but I think the common, the common underlying emotion throughout was, was that, you know, like you said, I, I was still craving that, that deep connection with people that I felt even interacting with people over Zoom didn't really give that sense of connection that I mm. wanted because, you know, technical issues yeah. or feedback time is slow. There's, yeah. there's a lag in, in people's responses. The, and the BTS for you was just like, why wow, another call? Are we? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and yeah. being and Zoom fatigue was really, was really a, a, a thing. And, you know, just being constantly tired out, jumping from call to yeah. call. But I think at the same time, we also realized that you had to do that, right? Because that was the only way you could stay connected with friends. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way you could even... Not that, not that you know, texting doesn't count or whatever, but even having some form of FaceTime, like, I think that was the best way we could do it. So, so yeah, like, it, it got a bit sien. Yeah. Right? But that was what the extra amount of effort looked like for us, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I guess maybe one question to you guys would be, how have you been intentional about... Um, these connections over Zoom and, and, you know, as tired as you guys are of Zoom, um, how have you been intentional with connecting with people? Mm. And maybe with for David, with your small group, um, yeah, how have you been? Hmm. I think it goes, reaching out to people goes beyond Zoom. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's just, it's limited when you can just, like, ask people questions. But I think when you follow up over like text and uh, yeah. have these conversations going, keep going, uh, I think that's how you foster the, the friendship and uh, the connection between us and the other small group members. Lah. Yeah. I think I got very self-conscious very quickly about my, my lack of replies. So, so every day I would see like my, my, you know, the unread count on my WhatsApp and Telegram just keep going up until it hit like a triple digit and then, like, my excuse for myself was always just, I'm really so tired already, like, can I just, like, unreminded me. These people are people who care for you, and these are people who are reaching out because they know you're not having a very easy time, right? I know how tired you are, but can you please, like, make that extra effort to reply them? I was a bit grumpy, and <laughs> but, but I, I, I think that also made me realise that, yeah, you know, there are really important people in my life who who care genuinely about me, um, and... and I think even replying or acknowledging that text, there, there was one I, was, I felt super bad about because it was my mom. She, she would call, she would text, I wouldn't reply because I'd be on the road every day. Uh, she would mm. cook for me, uh, get my brother to bring it for me. And then like my brother and I, we have this thing where like we have to take a photo of what she cooks and then send it to her and say, oh, very nice. you know. And then that's like the <laughs> acknowledge, that's like, okay, I actually ate what you cooked. And then, and then she, I, I never did that. She was like, Oi, I cook for you so many times, you never even say thank you. Uh. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. And, and I think that just helped me see also that maintaining relationships in this period, um, it just looks very different, la, right? You, you don't have as much face time. You don't have any face time sometimes, right? Mm. And even a little text or a reply um, just goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we would be kidding ourselves if we said, oh, no, I'm too tired to reply. Uh, yeah, la, that, that's just... That's that's not that's not okay. Yeah, I think definitely. I think 
at the receiving end of like such encouraging texts, I felt very mm. like loved and encouraged yeah. by mm. uh, some people who have reached out to me, uh, like uh, Adi Nikia, Matthew, who have like um, just reached out to me even when there was no conversation to begin yeah. with to, to yeah. start off. And, mm. and yeah, just having someone to talk to, sh- uh, share your struggles with, can really go a long way. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I think we're all, in this period, we're all kind of challenged to rethink how we connect with people, how we communicate our care, our concern, our love for the people around us. Mm. Um, I think for for myself, you know, um, with Nihi going out the whole day, being out and about, um, I guess for me, it would be thinking about how I can help him create an environment where when he comes home, it's, you know, he has hot food on the table, the house is well kept. <laughs> oh, that, was um, kind of show. that was very nice. Thank you very much, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I had to challenge myself to, you know, not you be scared. essential service. To cook. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I am. Wow. I am. And I guess with my, with both our parents, right, we, yeah. we, we were seeing them every, every week and mm. not being able to go over for meals was hard. I think sometimes we forget that also our parents might be struggling also with connection mm. with people and and I think some of them might even feel more isolated than than just physically because they are not used to being on their phones mm. or on Zoom, you know, and, and it's harder for them to, to connect. So... I think our parents were cooking for us yeah. still every week yeah. and we, we did try to make the effort to drive down, pick up the food, have a quick yeah. door conversation with them. Um, and I think that, that made a difference. Uh, yeah. For me, following up with texting my mom every day, asking how we can pray for each other, you know, seeing how relationships develop differently during this period. And I think with friends, for myself, scheduling... Um, calls every week to check in on how they're doing physically, mentally, and and continuing to connect well to ask important questions um, of each other. I guess then naturally the next question would be, how does being a Christian make a difference to the struggle of loneliness and connection with people? And if you can, maybe share some encouragement that you've received from God's word. I think maybe a helpful way of, of talking about this would just be to think about what these struggles and what these changes have revealed in our hearts, um, what, what attitudes it has shown. Um, I think for me, this period has just shown me that I, I really do struggle with having control ripped out of my hands, you know, um, not being able to forecast anything, not being able to plan like mm. three months, six yeah. months, 12 months in a, ahead of time. Like at one point, you know, it felt like my life was very much governed by PM Lee's announcements. You know, every time he came out to say something, I'd be like, oh my goodness, what, what next? Not that PM Lee had anything, but yeah, you know, just the nature of, of what he was announcing had huge implications on, on the business and life in general. And I, I think that is, that's probably the biggest thing that I, I've uncovered in my own heart, um, struggling with with control and a lot of that has to do with my own pride right a lot of that has to do with me always thinking of myself as the guy that has it all put together the guy that has it under control so i I think 
in that sense, you know, it, it also has shown me that I, I like to think of myself as a very self-reliant person. Mm. Um, I like to think of myself as one who doesn't need much help, which is a really interesting place to be, right? Because as a Christian, that's basically the antithesis of the gospel, which tells you that you really bring nothing to the table. You are on your own. You are just a sinner, right? Yeah. Who is... is um, Fully, fully deserving of, of um, the consequence of sin, which is death. You deserve nothing, neither should you expect to deserve anything. And I think putting these two sides together, like being a Christian and knowing these things well, but also at the same time, you know, having to harmonize that or, or put that against the reality of my own struggles with pride, that really, really challenged me. I think I've gotten to a place where I'm reminded of, of what I love. I'm reminded of who I am. Um, I'm reminded of my primary identity, not as a business owner, not as um, uh, whatever, but as a child of God, as a sinner saved by grace. And that, you know, I am fully justified. I am fully redeemed. Um, and I don't need to, in that sense, you know, work for anything. I don't need to uphold my reputation as someone who's got everything put together. And that's incredibly freeing, right? Because right now, to me, if it works out, great lah. <laughs> if it doesn't, then we'll, we'll figure it out. Because I think the last few months, I've really just seen the reality that it's really not that bad. You know, if everything crumbles, um, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I, I have a loving wife. I have a loving family. And more, more than all of that, I have a loving God who, who has promised in his word to me that he is my God and that I am saved. Um, that's a promise that um, has just been constantly reshaping and remolding me as I, as I engage with my own identity. Yeah, that's, that's I think, the, my biggest takeaway from, from the last four months. I think... Uh, for me, I ask myself, like, why do I crave for all these, like, uh, meaningful connections? Why do I want to go out with my friends? Why do I want to go holiday? And when I really think about it, uh, this deep sense of longing uh, actually reflects, like, man's inward emptiness. Yeah, and I think many of us are very unaware about this, but, uh, like, prior to this pandemic, we were so preoccupied with uh, our addiction to activities, you know, we rely on that stimulus. We are, we are so busy with being busy that we, we, we tend to forget that actually inwardly we are, we are actually very empty inside. And uh, for me, realizing that was key because I, I realized that uh, actually only God can fill up that inward emptiness. And yeah, so I, 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 I mean, you, your question was like, how does being a Christian yeah. change you? And uh, I felt that Clinging on to my Christian identity has has really helped me stay firm in what I believe in, and uh, I really like this passage uh, in Ephesians chapter one. Like it has it mentions about how uh, we have saw all these like spiritual blessings uh, uh, given by God, like we are uh, adopted as sons, mm -hmm. we are we are uh, chosen by the, to sit at the right hand of God's throne, and. Uh, all this point to our Christian identity, how God has uh, chosen us to to be to reflect His His word and yeah. His people, and to me that is, is so important and has allowed me to stay strong. Yeah. 
So, I, I mean, we talk, both of us actually, we've talked a lot about um, this is Christian identity, right? And, mm-hmm. and it, I think for, for us, having grown up in church, uh, we've been Christians a long time, that's something that we're very familiar, we're very familiar with, right? Um, and we, we kind of know what that means. But if, if, you know, some of the folks tuning in for the first time are hearing this for the first time, um, like, how do you think we can explain that a bit better, right? What does it mean to be a Christian? I think, firstly, I think it's to recognize that all the worldly desires that we have is is uh, is so irrelevant and and doesn't outweigh uh, God's desire to want to know us and uh, the fact that he he loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to to die for us on the cross and to pay for the price of our sins and that itself is uh. Uh, God's love for us, la. and I think it's helpful, right? Because for for us, um, we we recognize that we are all relational people because our God is a relational God, right? And it's exactly what you said that that our God created us that we may know Him, right? That yeah. we may have a relationship with Him. That's why He sent His Son to die for us, right? Mm. And and that's why Jesus Christ's coming and dying and resurrection was necessary. And I think helpful passages to point us to would be, you know, Romans 3 is very helpful. It tells us exactly what Christ did and why that was necessary, right? But now more than ever for us in the time of of COVID and as we're talking about isolation and loneliness, it is such a wonderful hope to know that we were created for relationship and more than that, we were created to know God, that He knows us as His people. So, you know, I think it's a really, really cool thing to even think about, right, that as we're talking about loneliness, to be a Christian means to be infinitely, like, satisfied and fully known by God, our Creator. And that is such a comfort, right? And I think that really, really, it's one thing to know what it means to be a Christian in my head, right? But practically, emotionally, um, spiritually to know that this is a relational God that knows us now more than ever I think is a really important thing to be conscious of right yeah. Yeah. what are some practical steps that you guys have taken to obey God's word in this specific situation I think for me when I'm connecting with my young adults small group yeah. I think it helps to be more open about vulnerabilities so that we really help each other understand our struggles and so that we can tie the tough times together yeah so I think I share a lot with my young adults small group that I face a lot of uncertainty with my university decisions and not knowing what to do despite all the advice given to me and I felt so lost and and it was so helpful because in that way, they were able to like pray for me and encourage me. I think practically, they helped me point towards the right people mm. also to talk to, have a good discussion about. And that has helped me so much in, in terms of uh, making decisions and dealing with my struggles. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So the, the question was, what are practical steps, right? Yep. Um, so I think like Voon, you know, the very real thing is that um, thankfully, being a Christian and being plugged into a church, a local community of believers, beyond accountability, you know, there's, there's just a very real care and concern 
being open with, with my small group, being open with my close friends um, about the struggles and the reality of, of um, in terms of pride, in terms of anxiety, in terms of um, just being scared, right? Um, and I, I took great comfort in their responses. I took great comfort in even just them being there. Um, that, that, was, that was really, really helpful. So I think another, another step um, that I've, I've put in place quite actively is just to very um, actively think about the promises that I know well from God's Word. And the promises that I have clung to you know, in God's Word are that I am God's child, you know, that, that God has promised me in His Word that He will be with me always you know, to the end of the age. Um, um, and, and to fear not, right? For I am with you, I, I being God, right? And, and like we talked about just now, you know, knowing that my identity is secure, knowing that no matter what, at the end of the day, I'm safe, you know, and yeah. I'm infinitely rich um, because I have a God who loves me, who, who has come to save me, and I am saved. Yeah. Um, like these truths ring all the more clearly now than ever because quite literally COVID has, has just wrecked everything else, you know. And I think the we, we always talk about how COVID, there's no end in sight for COVID, right? And so if anything, this, this sustained shackness of life has reinforced, I think, a very healthy habit for me just to wake up and be very real with myself, right, and say, Everything that I have today, everything that I get today is a blessing. Everything, the fact that I can wake up, you know, and, and go and do something is, is not my doing. Um, and, and it also reminds me then, you know, that, that this good news, this wonderful thing that we have called the gospel and this relationship with God is precious and, and more people need to hear it, right? Um, that's, that's something that I've been thinking about recently. La. Okay. Thank you. Okay, and with that, um, I'll just summarize today's session. We've seen what loneliness has looked like for both Nehemiah and for David. For Nehi, his struggle was with self-sufficiency, and for David, it was being disconnected. In all this, we are reminded that the answer to these longings is in God and in church community, a church community that points us to God. And as our lives go back to some form of normalcy, loneliness doesn't just go away like that. If anything, we've realised that COVID just amplifies the loneliness that already exists. And so what does this struggle with loneliness and longing for connection look like in your own life? What kind of loneliness are you facing? And what could this be revealing in your heart? This could be a good time for you to self-reflect, to have these important, difficult conversations with someone else. And because our team here is excited to encourage a lot of these conversations to happen and we hope that these things, these conversations will be more common amongst ourselves, we've put together some plans to bring you guys um, in small groups together in the coming weeks. We'll be announcing the details through our GBCYA Telegram channel and our GBCYA Instagram account. So that's all the time we have today. Thank you for joining us on our first Maiden podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode where we tackle the topic of loneliness in the church. Mm-hmm.